Good morning to you all. It's great seeing you here this morning. I know we've got some folks who are watching online as well, so good morning to you. Um, I'm Dave. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, I share that because maybe it's your very first time here this morning, or perhaps you came last week on Mother's Day, and uh, you're back again this week. If so, welcome. We're so glad you've come. Uh, you've actually chosen a great week to join us this morning, because this morning we're kicking off a brand new series. It's a four-week series, and I really hope, if your schedule permits, you'll consider staying with us for these next four weeks, and we unpack this idea of what we're calling here, what we're titling here at Connects Church, the Triple Dog Dare. Yes, we will be triple dog daring you over the next four weeks. Now, I grew up in England, so I'm not familiar with the full history of this phrase. I don't know if this was a phrase that uh, you encountered when you were in grade school or middle school. I know there's a double dare, there's a double dog dare. Um, for me, the triple dog dare first appeared in, in my world when I watched a movie that we are going to watch a little clip from now. And what better time to show a clip that, from the Christmas story than the beginning of summer. So check this out. You're full of beans and so's your old man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Says who? Says me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I double dare you. The exact exchange and nuance of phrase in this ritual is very important. Huh, are you kidding? Stick my tongue to that stupid pole that's dumb. That's because you know it'll stick. You're full of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah! Like double dog dare you! Now it was serious. A double dog dare. What else was left but a triple dare you? And finally, the coup de grace of all dares, the sinister triple really dog dumb. dare. I triple dog dare you! Schwartz created a slight breach of etiquette by skipping the triple dare and going right for the throat. All right, all right. Flick's spine stiffened, his lips curled in a defiant sneer. There was no going back now. This is nuts. family tease me about this, but despite the fact that I've watched that clip this week preparing for the message, I watched the movie many times, and I did this in first service, I still found myself stood there watching it as the clip when Ralphie goes, oh, and I'm still there going, I, just get, I get so caught up in the moment because he's been triple dog dared, and, and maybe that's where the phrase originated, I don't know, but it is the, the ultimate dare that there is. When you are faced with a triple dog dare, you have no option but to give in. So over the next few weeks, we are going to be triple dog daring you when it comes to your engagement here at Connect Church. We're going to talk about what it means, what it looks like to be, to be engaged here at Connect Church. And we're going to triple dog dare you that if you don't feel you're there yet, that you'll step up to that next level. What we're going to do over the, the coming weeks is we're going to help you uh, discover the difference between these two words, uh, that's contributor and consumer contributor and consumer. What does that look like in the context of Connect Church? We're going to help you understand uh, the meaning of those two words and hopefully help you understand it when we, we examine the mission that Jesus had in mind, the vision that he had in mind for his church. 
and what that looks like to be a part of his church, whether we are a, a consumer or a contributor. So to fully understand this word, we have to go back 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago to a time when Jesus was alive, he was living on this earth, and he was preaching, and he was teaching, and, and performing incredible miracles, and we can read all about this in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four guys who wrote about the life of Jesus. But what we read as we look um, at all these amazing things that Jesus did was that he didn't do it alone. He didn't do it alone. He had 12 disciples. You may be familiar with that. 12 disciples that spent the same three years with him. He had other followers who came alongside him. Because Jesus knew that it, he could have done it alone. He came as the Son of God, God in the flesh. I mean, he very easily could have done this alone. But he knew that if he did it alone, when he died, when his time came to an end, then his mission would have come to an end as well. But he knew by doing it with people alongside of him, there was a chance, there was hope that the mission would continue on after him. And having these people alongside of him, he knew that they would help carry things on. My oldest son, I uh, just shared this last week actually, he just graduated from college and um, his, one of his majors, he had a double major, one of his majors was criminal justice because he's, he wants to go into law enforcement. That's his, uh, his goal. And um, as part of his four-year degree, his last semester, just this uh, beginning of this year, he had to do an internship. So he actually did many hours with the East Peoria Police Department. He would go several nights a week, and he would ride alongside a police officer uh, for hours at a time just to experience what it's like to be out and about with the East Peoria Police Department. Now, the reason he did this, because he had great education at the college he went to. Uh, the classroom time was wonderful. He learned a lot. He read a lot of books. But the reality is you can read a lot of books and you can learn a lot. But until you actually get to experience it, you don't fully understand what it is you're getting into. Maybe you've been an intern in a particular uh, field, or maybe you've had an intern come and work with you, and, and sometimes it's kind of funny, isn't it, when you, when you get someone who's interning with you, and they've, they've learned a lot of head knowledge, but you realize very quickly, wow, you, you really don't know how this job works, do you? You really don't understand all that's entailed in this. It's good that you're interning, because you're going to learn a lot more of the reality of this job. And like 12 interns, the disciples, they walked alongside Jesus. They got to see him in action. They got to experience some of those things themselves because Jesus knew that when his time came to an end, the mission, the vision of the church, it rested on the shoulders of these 12 men, carrying forward that vision. Listen to what he said to uh, the disciples, all of them together one day, but speaking specifically to Peter, one of the disciples, in Matthew 16, verse 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, this is a really interesting verse. In fact, if um, you're familiar, if maybe you grew up in the Catholic Church, this is a big part of why uh, the Catholic Church has, uh, has a pope, because they go all the way back to St. Peter, and the idea that this was Jesus speaking to Peter, saying, you are the rock upon which the entire church will be built. 
Now, I actually think um, it means something a little bit different because when you look at the uh, original language that Jesus is speaking in, you'll learn that when he says, you are Peter, which means rock, he uses the Greek word petros, and that literally means rock. But then when he says, upon this rock, I will build my church, he uses another Greek word that means petra, and that actually means little stone. So what Jesus is actually saying to Peter in this verse is, is, it's kind of wordplay. It's kind of some creative wordplay using these Greek words for rock. He says, you are Peter, large rock, and what you just said, small rock, is what I will build the church on. I don't think Jesus was saying, Peter, I'm going to build the church on you. He was saying, I'm going to build the church on what you just proclaimed because it's so important what you just said that the entire church for years to come will be built on this premise on this statement so what did Peter say two verses earlier Matthew 16 16 Simon Peter answered you are the Messiah the son of the living God he was answering a question that Jesus asked to the disciples who do people say I am who do you think I am and Peter he said Jesus I think you are the Messiah. You are the one who for years our ancestors have said that God will send someone to rescue us, someone to deliver us, a a solution to all of our problems, our salvation, a Messiah. And Jesus, I think it's you. I think you are the Messiah. I think you are the son of the living God. Jesus says, Peter, you got it. In fact, what you just said is what the entire church for years and centuries to come will be built upon. The idea that I am who you say I am. I am the Messiah. I am the son of the living God. And from that point on, that is what the church was built upon. That was the rock, the foundation upon which the church was built. That Jesus is the Messiah, God in flesh. And ever since then, it's become the mission of the church to to gather groups of people uh, like us this morning who believe that to be true, gather groups of people to help um, reach people, maybe some here this morning who, who are still unsure if they believe that to be true or not, but are here exploring because they want to learn more about who this Jesus is. That became the mission of the church. So, Understanding that, understanding now a little bit more about what the mission of the church is, what does that have to do with the idea of a a consumer versus a contributor? Well, when you understand the mission of the church, what Jesus set in place 2,000 years ago with those 12 interns that he released to continue on his mission, when you understand truly what the mission of the whole church is, It changes your thoughts about our involvement, about your involvement, whether I'm just going to be a consumer or whether I'm going to be a contributor. I'll explain a bit more. You see, in that verse where Jesus said, um, I say to you, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. There's another interesting thing there. So when he says, I will build my church, again, going back to the original language when Jesus spoke this, uh, that word church was a Greek word called ecclesia. Ecclesia. I know this is a lot of information I'm, I'm throwing at you here this morning, but it is important. Bear with me. It'll help you understand the whole ideas behind this. So, so understand that Jesus, when he said church, the word church that we think of today, he was using a Greek word called ecclesia. Now, in that culture, ecclesia simply meant a gathering of people. 
a gathering of people. That's literally what this word ecclesia meant. So when people gathered together in the name of Jesus, they were an ecclesia. When there was a civil gathering to, to debate something and a group of people all came together to talk about an issue, they were an ecclesia. When a group of soldiers met together for a, a common mission or something, that when they were together, they were an ecclesia. Ecclesia wasn't necessarily a church like we think of it, a religious situation. It was just a gathering of people. So when Jesus was talking about this to Peter, he says, you, you will be my church. You will be a gathering of people who gather together in my name to continue on that mission, that mission of explaining to everyone you meet that I am the Messiah, I am the Son of the living God, that God sent me into this world to restore a relationship with mankind, a, 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 a group of people who are looking for meaning and purpose in life can now find that in God through me, the Son of God. So that's what Ecclesia was. Jesus is saying, this mission, this vision I have is there'll be a group of people that gather together like an Ecclesia in the name of Jesus. Here's the issue. As Christianity grew over the years, and now we're talking a thousand years later, initially the church grew through spoken word and then there were manuscripts that were very meticulously written down and passed on and passed on and passed on. The Bible as we know it would have been just scrolls and, and written words. But then um, a revolution takes place when the printing press is invented. And now Bibles are printed and produced in mass quantity. And at the time, one of the very first translations that people could read of the Bible, they got to this word church that Jesus was saying. They were saying, Peter, I'm going to build the church on you. And they looked at that word and they said, well, I think the best word, it was written in German, would be to use this German word, Kirche, K-I-R-C-H-E. Because this was the German word for church. So it made sense. Peter, on you I will build my church, Kirche. Now the drawback is that the word church, it was literally what the word meant. Because in Germany and Europe, there were lots of church buildings. And they called them the church. So, so this seemed to be the right word. So Jesus said, I will build my church. And, and suddenly people are reading this verse and they're thinking of the words church. And they're thinking of it, oh, I know what the church is. It's that building over there. But when we understand what Jesus said originally, he wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about a group of people. It was an ecclesia, a gathering of people. Now you might say, well, Dave, does that really make a difference? I think it does. Because a church building is something you can go to and something you can leave. An ecclesia, a group of people gathering in the name of Jesus, it's 24-7. It's who we are right now and it's who we're going to be tomorrow morning when we go to work or when we go to school. You can close and shut the doors of the church. You can lock the doors of the church building. You can never close or lock the doors of the church of Jesus Christ anywhere. And I think when you understand the idea behind what Jesus said when he said, I will build my church one day, thousands of years from now, there'll be people gathering together at a church building, but gathering as a group of people, it helps you realize the difference between consumer and contributor. You see, when the church is just a place I go, it's easy for me to be a consumer. I can leave thinking, well, what did I get from church this week? How was the music? Was it too warm, too cold? Did I have to wait too long for my coffee? 
that guy with the weird accent, he just spoke for so long this week. He made another country music joke. What is it with that guy? But when I understand that I am the church, I'm not going to the church. I am part of the church. The church now becomes a group of people who, like me, are on a journey to learn more about Jesus and what it looks like to follow him. And when we grasp that that's what the church actually is, we, are, we see ourselves instead as, as more of a contributor. I'm part of a larger thing here than just myself. So, so what am I bringing to the table as part of this group? What's my role this morning as I gather together as a church with other followers of Jesus? And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at a few areas here locally in this gathering of believers. We're going to look at a few areas where you can engage more, where there will be a chance to be more of a contributor than just a consumer. And each week, we're not going to dare you to join us. We're not even going to just double dog dare you. We are going to break for protocol, and we're going to jump straight to the triple dog dare of engagement here at Connect Church. But before we look at some of the specific areas in which we can engage, some of the specific areas that we can maybe grow in our uh, journey, our spiritual journey, I want to just this morning kind of set this as a foundation and talk a little bit more about the mission and the vision Jesus had for the church, for us as the church. As we go back 2,000 years, we can see that he, he's, he told these guys, listen, what I'm doing here on earth right now is important, but it's just starting something that you are going to continue on. So I think it's important that we look at the overall mission of the church, the followers of Jesus around the world. And then we can kind of dial it in a little bit and see how that mission is applied here locally in the context of Connect Church. So that you can be fully aware of what it is that you're being triple dog dead into considering engaging in. So, kind of in a nutshell here, um, if you look at, in the New Testament, the last book in the Bible, the last book in the New Testament is a book called Revelation. Now, it's a very confusing book. It's hard to understand. It has all sorts of visions and um, pictures and analogies, and it talks a lot about the end times. There's a lot of imagery in there. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult book to just read and understand, but... One of the cool things about Revelation is that the writer, John, he, he has these visions, these ideas of what heaven will one day be like. And he describes it in detail. He says, I see this day, I see this day coming in the future where this is what it'll be like in heaven. Here's one of those verses in Revelation 7, 9 and 10. He says, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Now this description is really important because there's this idea that, that one day, um, heaven, there'll be this place and it'll be full of people from all over the world. It's important for us to read that and understand that because I think sometimes we get caught up in, in, in our world and we picture this as being what the church will look like. This is, but actually, there are people from all over the planet, from all tongues, tribes, nations, languages, who have relationships with Jesus and will one day be worshiping him together with us in heaven. So that's, that's the future. That's what it will look like in the future. 
to help you understand this, um, when my kids were younger, my boys in particular, they were kind of into Lego. That was one of their go-to toys. So there were Christmases and birthdays where we would buy Lego sets for them. And um, there was fire trucks and ambulances and sometimes like a Star Wars kit of some sort. And, and normally, the gift would be opened on Christmas morning. And by the end of the day, me and the boys, we'd have sat down and we'd have assembled it together. We'd have gone through all 20 pages of the little booklet and put every piece together. We'd have a police car or we'd have an airplane or a little airport, whatever it was. It was a really cool thing. But um, we never had this particular set. I'm going to put a picture up behind me. It's the Star Wars Millennium Falcon Lego set. We never had this, okay? This particular set has 7,541 pieces. This wasn't being assembled just on Christmas Day. This was being started on Christmas Day and hopefully finished by Easter, okay? Seven and a half thousand pieces. Anyone want to take a guess at how much this costs right now on the Lego website? $849.99. So, $849.99. Here is a picture of it fully assembled, just to give you an idea of the scope. Yeah, that's a rather large Millennium Falcon. And I love this. Here's a picture of all 7,500 pieces fresh out of the box, just laid out. That is a lot of pieces to put together. And what I love about those pictures is you get to see the falcon assembled and you get to see it in its pieces. And I picture that verse that, that John wrote in Revelation in the future of what the final goal is, what the final mission is, the fully assembled millennium falcon in the context of Jesus' mission and vision is humanity from all over the globe worshiping God together. That's the mission and the vision. That's what Jesus is looking ahead towards. I want to see a day and a time and a place where people will come all together and will worship God together. But when Jesus said this for the very first time, it looked like this. Listen to what he said in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said that and put into action the mission of the church. He's talking to his 12 disciples, his interns. He's saying, when I go, here's, here's what I need you to do. You are to go and tell everyone, tell everyone what you've seen and heard. Tell them what you saw take place. Talk of the miracles and the transformation. Tell, tell everything. That's the beginning of the mission. And then John, in Revelation, he says, and here's the end of the mission. One day in heaven, all those people will be worshiping God. And this morning, we're somewhere between here and here, we are on this mission. We are part of the church that started with the words of Jesus and goes all the way on to the end. That's the mission of the church. And to help you understand that a little bit more, you as a unique individual, as part of the church, you too are on a journey. You're part of that mission. 
If there was an imaginary line on the stage this morning, every one of us in this room would find ourselves somewhere on this line. Some of us, we may be down this end of the line. I call this the, the exploring end. I'm here because I've got questions. I want to learn more about Jesus. I'm not sure yet if I fully believe in him. I'm not sure if I fully understand everything, but, but I'm here because I want to learn more. You're, you're here on the line. Now, as you move along this line, there comes a point where, where you discover that Jesus is who he said he was. He is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, as Peter said. Many here have reached that point of the line. And they've said, Jesus, I accept that you are who you say you are. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want a relationship with you. I want to follow you. And it's a wonderful place to arrive because we don't have to do anything to earn that. Jesus comes to us. He says, wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life right now, I want to come to you. You just have to ask. You just have to accept me into your life. But it doesn't end there. The line continues on. Some people are just this far from that experience. They're brand new in their understanding of who Jesus is, brand new in their faith journey. Some folks are way along here. They've been following Jesus for years and years and years now. But this line just keeps on going. Because there's always growth. There's always ways you can learn more about Jesus, that you can grow in your relationship with him. And I want to tell every one of you here this morning, wherever you find yourself on that line, Jesus loves you so much. We love you so much. We are so glad that you are here at Connect. Please don't ever look at yourself on the line and think, man, I'm only here and this person's here, so they're a lot better than I am. That isn't the truth at all. The reality is, I don't think the measurement is where we are on the line. It's whether we're still moving along the line. If you found yourself stuck on some point on the line, my prayer this morning is that Jesus would do something in your life that, that would challenge you to move a little bit further. If you're a follower of Jesus, maybe to go um, to be engaged more, to move more into the consumer, uh, sorry, the contributor than the consumer. If you've yet to discover Jesus personally, and maybe you've got some questions, my prayer is that you'll take that next step of faith that will draw you to that encounter, that, that moment where you, you engage with Jesus. You ask him into your life. So wherever you find yourself on this line, you are part of the great mission of the church. And you get to partner with us this morning in how we here as a group at Connect Church are following that mission and vision that Jesus gave the church. You see, the one thing is this morning, just here in Washington, there are other groups of people meeting in a Lutheran church and a Methodist church, other churches in this community who are also part of this great mission. Now, they may have chosen the church they attend for other reasons. There may be a style of music, or it could be the, the order of the service, the liturgy, whatever it might be, and that's their, their church of choice. But they're still on the same mission. So if we're going to triple dog dare you this morning to get more engaged here at Connect, I think it's important that you understand more about what the unique mission is for us here at Connect before we ask you to jump in. So I'm going to talk a little bit about our, um, our mission here locally as a part of the global mission of Jesus. Since day one, we've always had a desire. We're 10 years old this year, but since day one, we've always wanted to be known as a church that impacts our community. 
So even if you don't live here in Washington, we love that you come to Connect wherever you live. But we believe that as a church, God's put us in Washington to impact Washington. So if the only people who are, uh, you know, really experienced anything from Connect Church are the people inside the walls on a Sunday morning, we've missed our mission because we believe that God put us here to impact the community outside of here. Our desire has always been that if the doors of this closed church, uh, sorry, if the doors of this church closed tomorrow, that not just the people inside the room would, ex- would be impacted, it would be people in that community that would be impacted because of what we're doing as a church in this community. So we're always looking for ways to help. Just this week, we actually learned of a Washington family through someone here at Connect. They reached out to us and said, hey, just so you know, there's a family living here in Washington. Mom and dad, some kids, they don't have a home church of their own. Dad's going through some health stuff that for months he's been battling this health stuff and he's been in and out of hospital and, and it's had a huge impact on their family. Mom works, but she's had to take a lot of time off work to be with dad and to help him and to advocate for him and to help figure out his, uh, the best treatments for him. And, and it's just really has that they started up a GoFundMe account and they said, is there something we could do as a church? And we were like, absolutely. So back in Christmas of last year, we did a big um, offering and many of you gave in that offering. And one of the elements of that offering went to something we call Project 61571. And it was taking funds and saying, we're gonna set this aside for needs in our community. Needs that we as a church can meet. When we heard about this family, we were able to go and meet with them, to pray with them, to give them a check and say, listen, no strings attached. You don't have to come to our church. You don't even have to believe in God. We just want to help you at this time because we believe part of our mission here at Connect is to impact the community and the people who live in this community. On top of that, Uh, Recently, as a staff, we've been praying the last few weeks and months because we want to impact all of Washington. And if you live here in Washington, you'll know that sometimes there's um, uh, almost like this invisible divide between us here at this end of town and and the sunny land end of town. And we've got a desire to do more in all of Washington. So in the past, we've helped schools in the Sunnyland area. We've, done, uh, we've partnered with projects who help with um, food programs, that kind of thing. But we were praying, God, help us to do more in that area. What could we do, God, in that area to, to meet the needs of people who live in the Sunnyland area of Washington? And as we were praying, a guy in the church, I mean, literally, we started praying this. And within a few weeks, a guy in the church came to us and said, hey, just so you know, he didn't know we were praying this. Just so you know, um, I'm, I'm thinking about buying this building in the Sunnyland area, and I'd love it, Pastor, if you'd come and pray uh, over it, you know, because I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do, but I'd love you to pray blessing over it. I was like, listen, I'd love to pray, but let me tell you what we've been praying about. So he got excited, and he said, wow, maybe there's something the church could do. So we don't know what that is, and we're trusting God, and we're just saying, God, if there is a door that you want us to walk through, if you'll open it, we'll walk through it. So maybe as I share that story with you this morning, you're getting excited because you're saying, wow, I've been praying about that for a while. I've had this heart to see God do something in this area. I've, or maybe you're saying, I've been doing something in this area, but I just wish there'd been a, a, a building or somewhere we could do this out of. Come talk to us. We'd love to help you figure out moving from consumer to contributor, to getting engaged, to get involved in that way. Outside of Washington, we also want to be a part of the Jesus' mission. And one of the main ways we do that here at Connect Church, understanding what the mission of Jesus is, to reach people that don't yet know that he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. We wanna help start other churches around the country and around the world. And here's why, because 10 years ago, 
we started Connect Church right here in Washington, Illinois, and we discovered that new churches reach new people. When you start a brand new church in a community, it's really easy for new people to come because everyone's new. So you have people who have never been to church in their life, and you have some people who have been coming to church all their life, and they're all brand new. So it's really easy for, for people who've never been to church to come and not feel like, wow, I don't know um, if I fit here because everyone seems to have been here for so long. So knowing that new churches reach new people, we've had this desire to help support other churches um, that are being planted around the country. So you can imagine my joy when this last week I get an email from a lady at Suncrest Christian Church in St. John, Indiana. Now, you may have never heard of Suncrest Christian Church in uh, St. John, Indiana, because I'd never heard of St. Suncrest Christian Church in St. John, Indiana, until this week when I get this email. The lady wrote, hi, Dave. You may not even know who we are. I don't. But your church is connected to ours in a really cool way. Our church had a key role in starting the Village Christian Church in Illinois. They helped start... Restore Community Church in Kansas City. And Restore Community Church helped start Connect. And she's right. I've got some great friends who are on staff at Restore Community Church in Kansas City. They took up an offering 11 years ago. And their people gave to a church that no one knew <laughs> in Washington, Illinois. They said, we want to help start this church in Washington, Illinois. They sent money, resources. They, they helped give us some great ideas. I didn't know that another church had helped start them and that before them, another church had helped start them. So I was super excited to respond to this lady's email. I was super excited to respond because she asked the question. She said, and I'm curious to know, A, how is Connect Church doing? And B, have you done anything to help start other churches? And I wrote back this week. I said, we have. We've helped start some other churches. We've helped start Unlock Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota, Serve Community Church in Kansas City, Anthem Church in Burlington, Massachusetts, and City Coast Church in Fairfield, Connecticut. Four churches that all meet right now, that are all having services this morning, that are brand new in the last 10 years. And if you've ever given in an offering here on a Sunday morning, you helped finance these churches. There are people in these churches who are discovering the mission of Jesus because we helped play a part in starting those churches. We just recently contacted uh, a pastor. His name is Jesse Lusco. He started a brand new church in Portland, Oregon, Counter Culture Church. Great name for a church in Portland, Oregon. He says, I feel God's called me to this unique city to start a counter-cultural church, a church that shares the message of Jesus to a very diverse city with its own challenges and struggles and opportunities. They're launching, Jesse and his family, they're launching this September and we are helping them to launch well because we believe that new churches reach new people. And I got to talk to Jesse and he has the same passion and vision for Portland, Oregon as I have for Washington, Illinois to do something, to make a difference, to, to share the name of Jesus in that community. And then one of my favorite stories to tell is that our impact as a group, as a church, doesn't just happen locally or nationally, it happens globally. Washington, Illinois, 
population, 16,500 people, is impacting lives across the planet, which to me is always just incredible. When I meet people, when I'm out traveling and they ask where I'm from, I say Chicago. Because <laughs> for the most part, especially back in England, that's what they've heard of. If they've heard of Illinois, I say Peoria, because some have heard of Peoria. But I very rarely say Washington. <laughs> Every now and again, someone will say, oh, I've heard of Washington. <laughs> We're this small community in central Illinois, and yet God has used us as a church family to do some incredible things globally. We partner with an organization uh, in Europe, Impact Europe. They are planting churches in Austria and Italy. People who, if we met today, we'd never understand them. We can't even speak their language. <laughs> But they'll be in heaven one day. They'll be part of those tribes, cultures, languages. Compassion International is another group that we've partnered with, and we've helped start churches through them in Ecuador and Colombia. Reaching communities that didn't have a church, didn't have um, a gospel presence, a light in the darkness, until we were able to help them get one started. It just blows me away that Washington, Illinois, is making this difference around the world. Next month, June, end of next month, I've got a really exciting announcement to make about something we're going to do that's going to have a huge impact globally. But I can't tell you yet, but I'm very excited. And it's really hard not to want to tell you because I just want to tell you, but I can't. So you're going to have to wait, keep coming back, and we'll, we'll kind of uh, tease you in the weeks to come. And you're like, man, this better live up to what he keeps saying. So uh, the end of next month, super exciting announcement about another project we're going to embark upon that's going to have a global impact. But let me conclude with this thought. So we at Connect, we don't currently have any kind of membership process. As a church family, we don't have a membership system in place. You may have come from a church that has membership. So we, we here at Connect, we don't. For us, we kind of assess membership based on engagement. There are some folks who come on a Sunday morning, they enjoy service, and then they leave, and, and that's it. But there are others who are more engaged, and that helps us kind of determine uh, who the members are. Now, let me just say this, whether you feel like this morning you're a consumer or a contributor, whether you just come on a Sunday and, and visit and check the box, or whether you kind of are more engaged in other areas, you are more than welcome. We love that you are here. But over the next few weeks, we're going to challenge you a little bit. Because we believe that as you get more engaged, as you understand more of what the mission of Jesus was, what the mission of the church is, and you take that bold step, well, I want to be a part of that mission. I want to somehow be involved at a, at a greater level in that mission. I think it will change your life. I think it will radically, I think it'll help you if you're on that line, move along that line. It'll help you grow in your relationship with God. And I hope that as you hear more about it this morning and the weeks to come, that you understand more of what our mission is, that some of you will make that decision to move from consumer to contributor. Now, it can be a scary step to take. Some of you might wonder, but what if I do, what am I getting myself into? What's going to happen if I respond to these messages? Well, this morning I dare you to give Jesus a chance. I dare you to partner with us in our mission here at Connect Church. In fact, I triple dog dare you. Let's pray. Father. Thanks so much for our ability to read Scripture and see what Jesus' plan was and see that we are a part of that plan 2,000 years later. It's, 
it really doesn't make sense that something could continue on for as long as it has. Jesus was speaking at a time in Rome, an empire that no longer exists. An empire has fallen, but the church continues to move on. Your church outlasted an empire because I believe, Jesus, that your mission is a mission sent by God. And we get to be a part of that mission today to continue on seeing your church built that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And God, over these coming weeks, Lord, I pray that you would stretch all of us to look for ways to become more engaged, to maybe step in a bit closer, to, to find out exactly what that mission involves and how I, how we can play a part in that mission. Speak to us, I pray, in Jesus' name.